Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. That's right, folks. Merry Christmas. Christmas Day. The Fourth Line Voice is coming at you uh, for episode 270 of the big show, some Enforcer-based podcasting, the Christmas Day edition. Um, Merry Christmas. I hope everybody, I hope Santa found everybody and everybody got together and uh, you were able to see the people that you wanted to see. And um, yes. Um, I hope, uh, like I said, I hope everybody had a, has a wonderful Christmas. I'm assuming most people are listening to this on Boxing Day. So I hope you had a good Christmas. Although some people I might, might have snuck away and they, uh, you know, they're out in the car trying to get away from the, uh, from the in-laws and, and everything else. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take you away here for a few minutes. No, I, I hope everybody had a, had a very good Christmas and, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, I am actually recording this on Christmas Eve, like 11.30 Christmas Eve, um, Christmas night, or Christmas Eve night. Um, so, I'm really not going to talk for too long today. Um, I just wanted to come on here and, uh, like I said, wish all the listeners out there for the, thank you for the, well, I guess I will have a show before New Year's, so I guess I don't have to do the whole New Year's thing. Um, but I, I do want to thank everyone that tunes in on a regular basis and I interact with all year. Um, I made a few phone calls, uh, the last couple of days to talk to some of the boys, uh, you know, wish them a Merry Christmas. Um, obviously I can't phone everybody, but, uh, everyone that listens to the show, um, I want to wish you guys all a Merry Christmas. I want, again, thank you for always, um, you know, tuning into the fourth line voice and, and, uh, you know, putting the show up on the, on the, on the iTunes charts and the chartables. And, um, it's, it's quite a, it's, it's quite a rush to see it, uh, you know, up, not that I'm pushing spit and chiglets for supremacy or anything, but the fact that there's, I mean, everyone in their dog has a podcast. So the fact that I'm even included in a top 100 or top, uh, 150 list out of all those shows is, uh, is very humbling and very flattering. And I want to thank you guys for always supporting the show. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. And, um, uh, yeah. So thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, guys. Um, other than that, uh, today's episode, like I said, I'm not going to talk for very long, just a couple news and notes. Um, last episode, um, I had talked, uh, I had listener questions, I had a couple of listener questions and one of them was my top five of all time, which I gave. Um, I did, since then I've had a few people, Charlie, uh, was the main culprit, but, uh, they wanted to know, but like six through 10. 
So I think for today's episode, I will give, uh, I know Tim, Tim enjoys the lists out there. Uh, and I've done this before. I can't remember what a million episodes ago, who knows? And I'm sure as the wind blows, my, my top 10 will change. But, um, I, I am, it is going to be Darren, Darren's, uh, all time top 10 list. I'm going to give on this episode. And then, um, I had a request from Jay to, uh, to put in my old episode, my old story, my Christmas shopping story from episode. Um, well, I've, I've replayed it twice now. It was on my original show on my original platform, fourthlinevoice.com, which had to be four or five years ago. Um, the, I, I called it the brawl at the mall when I got into it with George Costanza, George Costanza lookalike at the Lawson Heights mall in Saskatoon. Um, I'm going to reshare that story at the end of the episode. Um, so long-term listeners probably have already heard it before. Um, if not, I know there's lots of new people listening, so you can hear my Christmas story my Christmas shopping adventure from about four or five years ago. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, before I get into it, as I said, I'm a member of the, or I don't even know if I said it, but I always say it, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams have podcasts, so whatever team you're a fan of, there's a podcast for you. Um, all, and then for my off-network friend, it's Christmas, so I won't I won't be too grinchy today, so I won't get on old uh, Alec there uh, too much. I know he's uh, out in uh, Florida uh, bouncing around with Christmas. I know he was at the the um, Everglades game, and I'm, I'm sure they were happy to see him out in the ta- out in the parking lot again. There, oh god, you know. But he was back in Florida. Um, but of course, he has the Five for Fighting podcast, and his latest episode is the Kerry Toporowski special, um, which I was very honored to be a part of because I was a big Topper fan. So I, Alec, and I talked about junior his junior days, and then Jay got on to talk about his Quad City days, and then uh, ex teammate Mark McFarland got on there, told some stories. Fun little episode. Um, like I said, Five for Fighting podcast. He's got a tremendous back catalog. Segroy, Rob Ray, Bia Lois. Check it out. Um, he does a great job. Um, and then also, Joe Lazito is back in the saddle. Uh, he is back with the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. Obviously a Quebec Nordique-centered podcast. It just got going. Uh, his first guest was Trevor Steenberg. Uh, it's a three-parter so far. And... Um, I'm, I'm unfortunately behind on my podcast listening with the uh, last few weeks here in December being a little crazy and up in the air and work and, and uh, all that other nonsense that went on. Um, so I, I haven't had a chance to listen to everybody's stuff, but I know he's got it out in three parts right now. And of course, Joe initially had the Coliseum Chronicles podcast for the last couple of years, which is an Islander podcast. And he has since moved on to his second favorite team, the Nordiques. And, uh, you know, it's a different project. Like Joe had taken some time off and was pretty much out of podcasting and then came up with this idea and then decided to come back. And, um, yeah, so it's a different, uh, a different show. So that's, uh, so definitely check it out. And then, uh, on the YouTube as, the, uh, a few, a few, uh, channels to check out on YouTube. Of course, as I said, again, Alec at the five for fighting, he has the five for fighting YouTube channel where he uploads uh, current East Coast Hockey League fights, which are tough to find because the East Coast League doesn't let you put stuff up. But he has been getting fan submissions sent to him, and he's been putting those up, and some really great fights. Um, 
people have been recording some really good stuff lately. So I encourage you to definitely check out Alex's channel. It's kind of a 2.0 version. His YouTube shut down his last one. So um, if you could hit that little bell, that subscribe button. And uh, uh, for any, for, like I always say, I, I mean, I won't, like I said, I beat this dead horse all the time. But any, whether it be a, a YouTube channel, hit the subscribe, any... <laughs> any YouTube channel that you enjoy, if you could hit the subscribe button, believe me, it helps the creator out. Any podcast that you're listening to, download the episode, rate and review the episode, even just hit the star rating. That's all you have to do. Again, no matter what, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it just for my show, but for any podcast that you listen to, because I can, I can definitely speak for all content creators. That is a big thing that you can do for it's. It's a little thing that you can do for us, but it's a big deal to us. So if you could download, rate and review, uh, subscribe on YouTube, it's the little things as, as viewers and listeners that you can do that helps out content creators. And that would be, I'd be greatly appreciated, um, if you could do that. So yes, definitely subscribe to Alex's channel. Like I said, he's got some great videos on there and he's always uploading stuff. So for sure, check that out. And a newcomer to the block, um, he was on my show recently, Jordan. He and I talked about the, uh, Quebec Junior League from the late 90s, early 2000s. He's out in Cape Breton. So he had, he went to a lot of the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles games. So we talked about, all, you know, Kevin Cormier, Marc-Andre Waugh, Pierre-Luc LeBlanc, on and on. All the old Quebec League guys from back then. Uh, really fun talk. And then um, since then, he has decided to, um, I don't know, I think I, I created a monster. But he enjoyed his time so much of the podcast that he actually created his own YouTube channel. Well, and a, and a, and a podcast, really, because it's uploaded on iTunes and Spotify. Um, it is called Five and a Game. And, uh, yeah, and so far he's had about, was about five or six videos. And they're basically documentary videos. See, it's Samuel Duplain, um, Marty Doyle. Uh, his latest one has been George Davis. He just put that up. And basically it's just, um, yeah, biography just talks about the fight cards and their couple seasons that they played in the Quebec Junior League. At the same time, if you're watching it on YouTube, um, he has the fight videos going as well on the screen. But there's also the audio version, as I said, on on uh, Spotify and stuff. But uh, yeah, if you go to YouTube, you can watch the video of the fights that he's describing. And uh, yeah, and they're, you know, uh, 10, 15 minute uh, long deals. They're not, you know... Uh, hour-long sagas or anything but no 15 minutes in and out and uh yeah and he's passionate about the uh about the queue and and he enjoyed that time frame and um a lot of tough guys and a lot of great video that he shares on those uh on those little kind of uh little documentaries that he does that he's been doing and uh i encourage you to definitely check out his stuff again same thing as i say hit the if you can hit the subscribe button on his youtube channel let's get a subscriber count up there he's gonna keep rolling and doing them and i think um and like i said if, and if you don't have time to watch it on youtube or whatever just you know five in a game on uh spotify or itunes or whatever uh podcasting uh source that you use um and you can just get the audio version of him just you know kind of sharing who who they fought and some stories about the guys and and that type of thing and uh and like i said they're 15 minutes or it's not like me yammering away for an hour and a half or anything making your ears bleed um but yeah so jordan's a good dude out in the maritimes there and uh and like i said if we, he's a new he's a new to the space and uh a new creator which is always a good thing it's always good when uh you can get new blood uh, in the in the hobby, and uh, you know, and in that kind of that fight hockey fight history 
um, sort of um, genre because it's, um, well, you know, what is it? All four of us, you know, like I said, Alec, myself, Joe, and now Jordan. I mean, that's about it, right? As far as podcasting goes and that type of thing. I mean, there's other fight video channels on YouTube, of course, but as far as podcasting goes, that's about it outside of, you know, players might have the odd tough guy on or share some old fight stories, but in terms of just being fight centric, um, it's just us. So yeah. So anytime you can, uh, add a new voice, add a new voice to the mix is always a good thing. So definitely check that out five in a game. So, um, yeah. And then of course, well, last but last fourth line voice on YouTube. Yeah. Check, check out my stuff again, hit the subscribe button. I have over 2,500 fight videos. So, you know, all, they're all sorted by league. So just type in whatever in the search engine, whatever league you're looking for. Boom. They'll all come up and away you go. Believe me, that'll take you down the rabbit hole for hours. So yes, definitely check that out. And also I'm on, uh, of course I'm on fourth line voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, subscribe, what, uh, follow me on social media. I'm always putting up fight videos and pictures and hockey cards and all that sort of thing. And it's, uh, yeah, I think you'll dig it. So. But let's get into this, shall we? Um, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to talk long today, but uh, just a couple brief news and notes. Uh, Curtis Swanson, the cowboy, back in the saddle. Um, he suited up for Mount Calm the other night against Tetford Mines, and he uh, he delivered, fought Thomas Belmar twice. Um, not too bad. I mean, you know, shit, that w- when was the last time he was on LNAH ice? It had to be over a decade ago. Um, of course, he had been in the Ice Wars the last couple, but uh, that was the first time he has been on LNAH ice and back in Tetford as he used to play for Tetford. So, um, you know, he, uh, you know, I talked to him, uh, kind of the first one, kind of a little slow going. Uh, Belmar hit him with a couple, kind of yanked him down. Um, he said, you know, I wish I had kind of, because he was actually, uh, Swanson's been getting ready, not only working and everything else, but he's been getting, he was getting ready for a boxing event, an amateur boxing match, um, which unfortunately got canceled at the last minute the event did. Um, so he, he was really putting a lot of energy into that. So he hasn't been on the ice on his skates. So, uh, which, uh, he, this isn't me saying it, this is him saying it, but he felt that kind of really hurt him, um, to not get on his skates and he should have been. But uh, he, he went back out. Uh, they had round two. Again, um, he did a little, He landed a couple. Belmar landed a couple. And unfortunately, when uh, Swanson went down, um, Belmar kind of landed on top of him. And he actually hit his, hit his head on the ice, face first on the ice. And he had a bit of a goose egg and a black eye. But um, he was, you know, he he was texting the next, he texted me the next day. And, um, you know, he was in good spirits. He was happy that he went and did it. And, uh and unfortunately, he was supposed to play the next night against St. George, but Quebec had such major weather issues. The uh, Unfortunately, the game got canceled. And the last time I had talked to Curtis, which was yesterday, um, he was unfortunately stuck at, basically stuck at the hotel and uh, didn't have a flight out yet. And the, well, the flights had been canceled and he was just hoping to get home by Christmas. So hopefully he did. I didn't, uh, I didn't talk to him today, but, uh, you know, and with the weather being crazy everywhere, it's, eesh. Hopefully he did, but I know he had a little bit of a bit of a shiner and a, a little bit of a goose egg. But uh, he, uh, him and him and Belmar fought twice, and I said to him, "It's never easy with your, your first game back at the LNH in over a decade, and you're jumping in the deep end with pretty much the kingpin of the league." So, um, but he uh, didn't back down and went at it, and uh, 
you know, and uh, unfortunately the the next night was canceled, but it was, uh, that would have been interesting, but hopefully we will see, uh, well, we will see Swanson back in the LNH in the new year. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, speaking of the LNH, of course, you got, uh, Lef- Jeff LaFrance who from Ice Wars fame. Um, he is actually leading the LNH in fights, I believe with 20. He's been really busy and, um, yeah, rolling along. And of course, past guest Donnie Augustine has been going and, uh, yeah, so the LNH has been hopping here for the, this year with some tilts and, uh, you know, uh, it, it, and then Southern or in the federal league, Daniel Amesbury, who, uh, he's been cruising along. Um, unfortunately off the top of my head, I'm, I'm forgetting the gentleman he fought the other night, really solid tilt. And the good thing with the federal hockey league, of course, Amesbury is playing with the, uh, with the Danbury Hattricks team in the federal hockey league. Um, Follow follow the Danbury Hattricks on YouTube as for anybody listening out there, or for, or for any of the Federal Hockey League teams, um, all their games are free live live streamed on YouTube for free. So uh, yeah, definitely check that out. And uh, the Carolina Thunderbirds just signed Keegan McGraw from Ice Wars. Um, he had his first fight back after sh- shoulder surgery, and uh, then he got hurt at Ice Wars too. But he came back and he fought the first game that he played. And, uh, so it's good to see him rolling and, uh, yeah. So it's been interesting to see the guys here, uh, uh, coming out of Ice Wars, uh, fighting. So, but yes, there we go, folks. Some fight news for you. Um, oh, I was going to say, um, Nico Blatchman, uh, former guest of the, of Alex show. Um, of course he was with Florida last year and then he got traded to South Carolina. Um, well, he is back. Um, and he had signed with the, the new team in the East Coast Hockey League, the Savannah Ghost Pirates. He had a great fight last night. I, um, oh, where's my, oh, I didn't write it down. I was going to say, I forgot the gentleman that he fought, but it was a uh, great fight. They fought for a long time. Uh, I just look up Nico Blatcher. All right, well, just go to Alex's page. It's on there. Um, it'll be the newest video on there. Um, yeah, great fight, and uh, it's good to see him back in the East Coast League. So there's still some fighting going on, folks. Um, speaking of fights, uh, I didn't know anything about this or anything else, but I had a thank you to the gentleman that sent it to me on Twitter. Um, just actually minutes before I hit record, uh, to come down here and hit record, uh, I looked on, on Twitter, and um, there was, uh, much like Ice Wars with the gloves and everything, there was an event in Russia, uh, I get yesterday, I guess, or this week or whenever, just recently, and they just basically, I, well, I don't know what the, the, the term for it was just ice fights. And it was a four hour pay-per-view. The guy the, the link is on, I, uh, it's on my Twitter account. I uh, retweeted it and, um, it's, it was in Russia. So it's in Russian. I can't tell you. I, again, I haven't had a chance to watch the event because it was just sent to me minutes ago. Um, yeah, and it's too, they got the UFC gloves on and they're on skates and it's on ice. And, um, the only difference is instead of hockey helmets, they're wearing sort of that amateur boxing headgear. Um, but I know the clip he sent me goes, Oh, hey, check this out. And like, there are two dudes basically simultaneously drop each other. Uh, the one guy got up quicker, but yeah, it was a big KO punch. So obviously the, the punches were getting through. Um, but yeah, so that was one of the fights. I don't know who was involved. I don't know anything about this. Um, I'm assuming it's all Russian players that are, you know, maybe playing in the, 
I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Who knows? Or I don't know if it's just boxers that kind of know how to skate and they put them on this ice wars um, or ice fights, they're calling it. So um, I'm going to look further into this to see if there's any like North American guys that happen to be playing over there or ex Russian guys that played in the minors or something. Like I said, I have no idea, but um, I will check into that. But uh, yeah, it is out there. If you, like I said, if you follow me on Twitter, um, I retweeted the YouTube link because, like I said, I would give you the name, but it's in Russian, so I don't, I can't tell you to go to YouTube and look this up because it's written in Russian. So, um, yeah, just go to my Twitter account, and uh, I mean, even if you don't have a Twitter account, I think you can just go to Twitter and type in Fourth Line Voice, you know, and you'll you'll see it there. So, uh, but yes, ice fights in Russia. There we go. And like I said, I know one of the fights had a big KO. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. And now, a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That wasn't enough excitement. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even a bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. But um, here we go. There we go. We'll get we'll get to the main. Well, I guess the main event would be my brawl in the mall story, which I'll add on to here at the end. But uh, uh, no, I was going to give you my top ten of all time. So, well, I guess the the top five aren't. Uh, I may as well go from one through ten because the top five I gave last last week. So, um, number one, I said Probert. Number two, Dave Brown. Number three, George LaRock. Number four, Ben Wilson. And number five, Donald Brashear. Which I'm sure probably got a few... Uh, uh, when the people were listening. But, and like I said, I'm not... And, you know, this is a completely unbiased list on my part. Or playing favorites or anything else. Because I don't like Brashear in the least. But, um... <sighs> I'm, I, like I said last week. Him and LaRock, I can count on... For a while there... You could count on one hand how many losses they had, um, and going over like I don't think LaRock lost for three or four years. I'm like, who does that? You know, and same with Brashear. Like I said, um, and and like I said last week, before anybody starts sending me the, you know, Montreal clips of Brashear and oh, yeah, like the, the no, I'm talking like in their primes. Then you go and try to find me some losses. Eh, you'd be hard pressed. And they both did it for a long time. Their fight cards are the who's who of the league um, against every heavyweight you could imagine. And um, yeah, I mean, you gotta, in my opinion, that's my opinion. Like I said, everyone's top 10. I, I mean, again, there's no real wrong answer, really. It's it's just whoever, it's the listener, or it's your opinion. And I'm sure people listening to this uh, list will be on oh, no, this. Where's this guy and where's that guy? And I wouldn't have him and Brashear. Are you kidding? And okay, well, then you know, you could have your top 10. This is my top 10. And like I said, um, I gave my top 10 many episodes, episodes, who know, months ago, but it's probably changed. Well, nah, the top three hasn't changed, but 
the other ones maybe because it's not like there's a clear runaway. And I mean, even the Probert fanboys and everything else, and Bobby's number one, it's not even close. No, it's close. Believe me, it's close. And I, I know people that will have Brown at number one, Stu Grimson being one of them. Stu Grimson says Dave Brown's the toughest guy he ever fought. Am I going to argue with Stu? Uh, no. So I can see that argument for sure. Um, you know, I still went with Probert. I mean, I guess it could be said, well, Brown and Probert fought. Well, Probert won. Yeah, he did. So, well, you know, at the same time, at their overall body of work, um, Probert did it for longer. Probert had more losses, but at the same time, he also had more fights, which is obviously statistically is going to happen. Um, so I get that argument as well. Um, and, but I, I still, Probert usually avenged all of his fights and everything else. I, I think the problem, um, uh, that some people have with the Probert being number one is, um, Probert kind of really fell off at the end and he, and I think he kind of hung on a little too long. He could still throw out some surprise wins, but the last couple of years were a little rough. And, um, so that kind of, I don't want to say that kind of, um, sours, uh, not me anyway, on his, on his all time list, but I know for some it does and that's justified, but, um, I'm not going to hold that against them. I'm just, I always look at guys kind of in their primes and, uh, in their primes, he was, he was pretty much untouchable. Um, you know, and if you, and like I said, he had some losses, but he avenged them. And, um, I will always say the thing with Probert is Probert was, was a, as, as, uh, Dusty Rhodes would say, he was a, he was a big money ball player. And when it came down to, uh, a, a rematch or a big event, he always delivered and he always, you know, the rematch with Probert or with Crowder or whatever. Probert was there. And uh, what did I just, did I, I, it's late. Did I just stammer? I was going to say with Crowder, with Domi, with Crowder. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Um, he delivered and uh, McSorley and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, he always got his revenge. And on a big stage too, when everyone was waiting for him to deliver, he did. So I think that that sticks out in my mind as well. So that's, that's my justification for having it Bob number one. But it's again, if somebody said Dave Brown, I'm not going to argue with him. Brown was the, one of the meanest bastards, if not of all time and lefty and did not give a shit and had power and could put you out and had no problem doing it. So yeah, definitely. And then same thing with LaRock. I would say the NHL is probably lucky LaRock wasn't mean. Because if, if you put Georgia's skills with with a Dave Brown mindset, hey, there'd be a there'd be a chalk outline out there. But uh, yeah, Georgia's a bad dude. Ben Wilson, same thing. I, I know some people have him number two, maybe number one. Um, again, big guy, huge, fought everybody. Um, unfortunately, his career kind of got sh- cut short with the back. Um, yeah. And again, mean man, vicious and, um, a lot better player than I think people think it was in all couple all-star games, solid, solid D men, you know, the back kind of started messing with him a little bit and then he's in Chicago, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here and profess to be some Ben Wilson expert cause I'm not, um, but from the stuff, all the stuff I've seen, I mean, that's out there. Yeah. Big guy, dominant. Both hands, chin, mean. Yeah, Ben Wilson's tremendous. 
Um, again, if you're, if you're a younger person or you're not familiar, uh, that is a guy to go look up because he, he had some great bouts. Um, like I said, I already talked about Brashear. Um, uh, get into it. Number six, I, I'm going to go with Marty McSorley. Um, I know Marty didn't have the punching power like these other guys did, but in terms of longevity, um, tremendous, uh, his stamina, second to none, uh, outside of Langdon, I don't know anybody that could go longer. Um, did it for a very long time. I know the whole Brashear thing and everybody yells and screams about his stick to the head. And, um, you know, he played 900 games before that, um, 200 and some career fights. Um, again, turned himself into a real solid player. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess this has nothing to do with, this is just about fighting ability. Um, is there, he, like I said, fight card second and unfought everybody. Um, was always in a fight. Um, seldom got, uh, I mean, I know of all things, Jim Corn got him, but you know, you, like just think back to when was, and again, in his prime, I'm talking about, can you think back of Marty McSorley, like getting beat up? I don't. Now, before anybody starts yelling about Wendell Clark in the playoff fight, uh, fuck that. Marty won that fight. Wendell landed the first two punches. And then after that, it was all Marty. Um, but, um, but no, in terms of Marty just getting destroyed, like, no. At the end, again, he held on a little too long and, and Brashear took him apart a bunch of well, that's how the stick thing happened. But I mean, in his prime, when he was rolling, you know, just those late years in Edmonton and then LA and Sa- even in San Jose, I mean, he had oh, Simpson and Langdon in the preseason fight, just great fights. And just like I said, forever, get out of his gear, keep going. Mean dude, knew, knew the role, knew how to enforce yeah, Marty, man, I'm down. Uh, number seven, I got to go with Big Stu, uh, Stu Grimson. Um, again, started off with, well, I guess Calgary, but Chicago, really. Um, little Bambi, found his legs. Uh, he took some a few thumpings in Chicago, but he fought everybody. You know, had the rivalry with Probert and everything, but um, he really when he got to Hartford and that, that Hartford-Carolina-Anaheim run, and then Nashville stuff, he was the one of the top guys, if not one of the... He had a couple of years, I'd say he was probably the top gun or top two. And learned to use his reach and power. And like that knockout at Reed Simpson's brutal. Um, the pounding he gave Vanden Bush. And Stu was a mean guy. When he got wound up, he meant business. And he wasn't afraid to cross the line. And, uh, you know, and but he'd get a hold of guys. He'd start punching downhill, boy. <sighs> Stu was mean. And he could go. And, uh, yeah, I got to have him in there. Um, again, this is all sort of, I would say from five, well, from, yeah, from five to ten, you could interchange these guys. I mean, really, almost pretty much outside of maybe the top three, you could interchange all of this. Um, and there's a bunch of guys that, you know, that aren't on my, <coughs> aren't in my top ten. But, I mean, they're really close, like Peruby and Jim McKenzie. Sandy McCarth, Chris Simon, um, Larry, Larry Playfair, Gillies, all these guys. Um, with the Gillies Playfair thing, um, to be completely honest, this is just me. I haven't seen enough of their stuff. To be completely honest, that was not my. I, that was a little before my time. I mean, I was I was a young kid when they were playing. I mean, I've seen some of the stuff that's out there, but again, there's not a lot of footage. Um, Gillies, to me, I, I always, my big thing. The way I always looked at things were kind of fight card, longevity. 
Um, I just don't think Gilly's fought enough for me. That That's kind of my thing. When he did, he was great at it, without a doubt. And a great player, again, in the Hall of Fame and all that power forward. Um, you know, I'm obviously a big Gilly's fan. Um, my opinion, I just, you know, I'd actually probably, yeah, I don't, I kind of have Nystrom ahead of him a little bit. Um, but I think if Nystrom and Gillies had fought, uh, that'd be an interesting fight. But, um, yeah, Gillies just didn't have the numbers for me. But again, I know he's in a lot of people's top tens and I, I get it. That's, you know, again, I'm not poo-pooing the thing, but, um, for me, I'm just explaining my position. Same thing with Playfair. I know Big Larry had a big, big, huge rep. I've read the, I've read all the stories online. I know from guys he's fought, huge rep and everything else. I just, the footage just isn't out there. Like the young Playfair footage isn't out there. And, uh, so it's really hard. And again, I, I was too young to remember. So I really can't. Like I know there's some people like, oh, I can't believe he's not in your top 10. Well, I, if I never saw him, that'd be like me putting Gordie Howe in the top 10. Well, I never saw him fight. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I just can't do it without seeing footage and kind of making that decision on my own. Like, as, like I said, a lot of the Playfair footage that's out there, it's kind of at the end of his career. And, you know, he was injured and stuff like that. Like the real young stuff, which would be, oh, that'd be out like, to see old Saber King stuff of Larry would be great. And it's, un, it's too bad that it's not out there. But, um, yeah, I know the stories, you know, um, I just couldn't do it though. But, um, what did I say? Grimson at seven, number eight. I got a big urn, uh, a new guy, Brian McGratton. I know, and then some people, I know the argument is, well, he never fought the competition. Well, I don't know. He was around, you know, late nineties, that early, Mid 2000s, um, you know, I guess it was the 2000s for him, but I mean, you still think though, yeah, Bugard, Goddard, Andrew Peters, all those guys, like there was still big name guys that he had to fight, you know, and he fought the, the Domies and stuff and, um, you know, and Ryan Reeves and he was around for that. Um, so he's, and you know, so he's not completely, uh, one of these new age guys. Um, I, 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 he's kind of in that transitional period when the NHL was starting to go away from it. Um, but when he was first coming up through the OHL, there was a lot of guys still, still a lot of guys in the American league when he was set the penalty minute record, all those guys were still around. And then into the NHL, he was still there when there was, you know, there were sharks around and, uh, you, again, you go back and when he found his, when he found his, uh, found his way and learned his reach and everything else. Go find a loss. Not many, not many. I know Orr got him a little bit. Actually, Andrew Peters always did well against McGratton. Um, but overall, eh, you know, real he had a real solid run, a real undefeated run there. And uh, and to me, if you could, I don't care what era it is, if you could stay at number one around for a numerous years and not lose, I, I think you deserve to be in the discussion. And uh, I know there's some old guys out there, some old school fight fans yelling at me right now for having McGratton in. Um, I think he'd been he would have been fine in any era. He was six five. He was big, strong, go with both hands. Um, so this whole idea that he wouldn't have lasted the '80s, oh bullshit! Yeah, he would have. He would have been just fine. And um, yeah, he could take a shot. He could hand out shots. And um, yeah, I'm down with Big Earn, man. Uh, number nine, I got Twist. Yeah, I mean, again, it's unfortunate that his career got cut short with the motorcycle accident. Because even though he was like, thir- what was he, 30 or 31, um, he was. I think he was still, he had two or three years left in him where he could have done some serious damage. 
And I believe he was going to sign with the Bruins. So the Bruins or Philly, I believe it was Boston. It was one of those two teams. I always mix that up. I think it was Boston that he was signed a contract with over the summer. and then, But unfortunately, he got hurt riding his motorcycle that summer. Um, a car hit him. Um, so that's, you know, that's that really sucks that we never got to see um, Twister in Boston. But uh, again, um, started in St. Louis when he first came up, then went to Quebec, then went back to St. Louis. Kind of in that late Quebec and then into that St. Louis run. He was the man for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, and I know everybody, oh, steroids, and everyone wants to yell about that. Yeah, whatever. Um, he was a guaranteed guy. He wasn't the only one on him. So, um, you know, if you want to go on about that. But, uh, no, I mean, he threw those big hammers and uh, would ragdoll guys. I mean, you were get you were going to get the classic toe-to-toe uh, marathon bout like a Marty McSorley Bob Probert classic with twist. He was just a, it was like riding a bull and you were going to, he was going to swing those straight arm hammers and hit you in the shoulder and the side of the head and kidney punches. And, but if he connected the jaw, it was lights out. And so it was a real kind of, uh, blitzkrieg spazzy type fighting style. Cause he'd be yanking you at the same time. He was so bloody strong. Um, like, yeah, it was like riding a bull for opponents. And I always say with twist that you could tell he was a unique and special fighter is when he had guys that normally that fought different, like a Reed Simpson or a Darren Langdon. I brought this up before, but like they were such merit, like technical guys and would grapple and cross grip and all that and, and would hold their own. And even if they kind of got caught out of position, they, you know, was it fight from underneath? They'd always come back when, when, Twist got a hold of him. He ragdolled him, and when he had him in a bad position, they just bailed and covered. And I don't blame him because you're asking just to get your head knocked off. And it, he's one of those guys that you just can't fight from underneath with. Like he's too strong, and he's he's once he takes control of you. Um, I can't remember who I had on my show, but they talked about it when they were fighting. He goes, "It's like it was like being in a tidal wave, and it just everything. It just keeps crashing down on you, and you can't right yourself when he's yanking you. Because at the same time, while you're trying to you know get your pins back and stand straight back up, he's got this right sledgehammer that's coming, and if he hits you, I mean, he's broken helmets and broken jaws, and well, you saw what he did to Rob Ray, and it's like no one wants to stand there for that. So yeah, you're like okay, you know, live to fight another day, right? So." Yeah, I would I would have Twister in my top ten, and uh, well, number ten, and again another new age guy, um, Bugard. Um, at that size, he's bigger than everyone. He's punched downhill. I I still maintain, uh, and Steve and I have talked about this. Derek Bugard's rookie season is probably the best rookie season any enforcer has ever had. You go back, he had numerous TKOs, um, and against and we're and he wasn't fighting third line centers like. Against heavyweight guys, um, again, it's unfortunate, um, you know, with Derek, with his health, and of course, obviously, the death and everything. Um, again, sadly, career cut short. Um, but, and he was, what, in his late 20s, 26, 27, unfortunately. And uh, you can imagine him, again, for another, a healthy four or five more years on him. Imagine those fights. And, um, again, I know it's, oh, you know, I don't think anybody could say if Brugard was in the eighties, he couldn't hang. No one's saying that. And if you are saying that you're a moron, um, he was, that was a whole other level that I don't think him and McGratton and guys like that and Steve McIntyre. And, um, that was the new age nuclear weapon of hockey fighting. And, uh, like these guys were just, and it's not 
not a knock on them, but they were three, four shift a game players sent out to destroy. Now we could sit here all night and argue if that's good or bad, if that was good, you know, whatever. But at, for that time period, that's what was going on. And you wanted, it's like anything, right? You wanted the, the best nuclear weapon. He was the best nuclear weapon. Um, you know, um, you know, you go back to the eighties with Probert and Brown and all these guys, like even Brown had 20 goals in the American league. I mean, those guys played regular shifts. Um, uh, you know, uh, like LaRock and Will, like I said, Wilson being in an all-star game, McSorley being in an all-star games. Like those guys played regular shifts. Um, when you started getting into the McGratton, Bugard, McIntyre type um, uh, era, it's completely different. That's why I always say it's very hard to go through here because it's like, well, Bugard, he'd probably destroy all the guys in the 80s. Yeah, you know, probably. But I mean, it, it was it was completely different. That's why comparing eras is... You can't do it because it was a different time, right? And these guys trained to be fighters. Like, they took MMA. They took boxing. I mean, Probert and them kind of went down to the Cronk's gym and maybe hit a heavy bag now and again. But, I mean, well, there was no MMA back then. But, I mean, they weren't, like, they were they were hockey players and then they were fighters. I mean, yeah, some guys took the enforcer role. But, I mean, again, if you go back, even Berube, go back, look at Kelly Chase's numbers, Joey Koser's numbers. Berube had 30 goal junior seasons. I mean, those guys all played and were contributing to the team and everything else as players. And the, and they would fight. Um, where, again, it's a different time with Bugard and those guys. Even in junior, that was what they were there for, to fight. Again, we could argue if that's good or bad, but that's what it was. Um, so it's a completely different mindset and all that. So they were, yeah, like I said, they were trained missiles. And, um, yeah, and and Bugard, man, it's like I said, it's a, it's a shame with the injuries and the, well, ultimately his death, of course, with the overdose. But um, he was so big and just and he mean too. I mean, when he decided to, when he was pissed, you were getting it, and uh, and he destroyed a lot of guys. And uh, unfortunately, we never got to see him continue. But for the brief kind of shining moment that the the five or six seasons that he was in the NHL and the 70, I believe 70 some fights that he had that he gave us, it was something and he didn't, he didn't lose many. And he, he put, he, he just, he, he left a wake of bodies in, in his, in his path. So I, I say he definitely uh, deserves a, a top 10 or at least be, if he's not in your top 10, I, I hope he'd be, he'd be talked about anyway. He's in the discussion. We will say. So anyway, there is my, uh, there's my top 10 of all time. And like I said, talk to me in a couple months. It might change. But uh, uh, that that was my list to kind of finish out the year. Although, I, like I said, I will be back before the new year, um, you know, next week. Obviously, well, Wednesday I'll be back again and, uh, you know, kind of do a New Year's show and all that stuff. But uh, that'll, be my, that'll be my end of the list for the season. For the year, we'll be, that was Darren's top 10. So, uh yeah, and like I said, get a hold of me on Twitter or on Facebook. I want to hear yours or what you thought of mine. If you didn't disagree or whatever, I'd love to hear from you. And if you're not on social media, as I always say, you're smarter than the rest of us. Um, email me, hockey fights, all one word, hockey fights at hotmail.com. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. It doesn't even have to be about the list. Just drop me a line, good, bad, or otherwise. If you have show ideas or want to share a story or a picture or whatever, I'd love to hear from you guys. So absolutely, anytime, send me a message. Um, 
Anyway, guys, as I said, I hope everybody had a really wonderful Christmas and, um, you know, stayed safe and healthy. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. But uh, here is, I, I said, I'm going to add this at the end. <clears throat> this is from a few years, about four or five years ago. This was my run-in with George Costanza at the mall uh, from episode 64 called Brawl at the Mall. And uh, I will share this story again uh, as I do at Christmas time. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, yeah, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in. Again, have a Merry Christmas. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you cats on Wednesday. So enjoy the Brawl at the Mall story. See you Wednesday, guys. Thanks. First of all, I'm going to preface this by saying, um, I've always, when, yeah, when I was younger, there, you know, you always have a few scrapes and, uh, some, you know, some house party stupidity and everything else. Uh, First of all, I'm going to claim, I've never claimed to be fucking Tony Twist. I'm not the, I am not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm undefeated in street fights and, you know, no, no, I was never in that many street fights. Thankfully, I don't know who would want to be. Um, so I'm certainly no fucking barroom brawl or anything else, but. Got into a few back in the day. You know, you got to back the boys up a couple times and shit. It's the fan. Stuff like that. Unfortunately, I've, I've never been knocked out or, you know, dummied or anything. But, uh, so I always knock on wood. Fortunately, that never happened. But, but as I've gotten older and with the jobs I've had in corporate sales and then as a security at, at a bar and uh, so on and so forth. And then with my current job in the government, dealing with people. And I also worked at a casino. So I was used to dealing with drunk, addicted, losing gamblers. So I've been called every name in the book and been confronted and yelled at and blah, blah, blah for the last fucking 20 years. Over that time, I've definitely learned to maintain my head, remain calm. Don't, I'm not a spaz out, face gets red, ah, person. I'm not that guy. I don't flip out and shit. I've prided myself on like maintaining my head. And even when like in confrontations like push your tip whatever, maintaining my ability to think and my okay, this is if this happens, this is what I'm gonna do and whatever. I've really worked on that sort of thing. I don't want to say I I sit out in the park cross legged Zen yoga, all that stuff. Which if you do, that's cool. Um I'm not that in touch with my inner peace, but I'm a pretty fucking calm dude in general. In my life, I'm, you know, I have a zero job stress. I don't have stress at my job, and uh, I'm a pretty mellow dude overall. You know, uh, like a, you know, like my wife would tell you around here, if the fucking condo was on fire, I'd be like, yeah, I'll get out. I just got to finish my sandwich first. It's like that kind of shit. She'll even tell you that. This is there's a point to this, so I'm getting there. Okay. So, it is two weeks before Christmas, and I can see why people shop on Amazon now instead of going to the mall at Christmas time, but I go to a mall here in Saskatoon, Lawson Heights Mall. I had to go to London Drugs, first of all, to get a prescription filled, so I go in there, give it to the pharmacist, oh, it's going to be about 20 minutes, no problem, so I'm going to go walk through the mall. So I'm walking through the mall, checking shit out, and it's actually, it's not, it's, you know, it's Christmas time, and it's, it's Sunday. It's middle of the afternoon, but it really isn't. It's it's busy, but not ridiculous. But there's definitely people around. So I'm wandering around, and in the in this mall, there's a collectible store that I like to stop in. He's got framed autographed pictures and all that shit. 
you know, I wander through. Actually, I never. I think I've been in that store a hundred times. I think I bought. Well, I've bought in cards, packs of cards now and again, but um, overall, I don't buy too much. I like to ship, but it's kind of expensive. But anyway, I go through the thing. Once again, don't buy anything. I walk out, and now I'm going to go sit at the old farts in the old uh, in the old penalty box with the old timers, right? You know, the benches in the middle of the mall where the where the old guys waiting for the wife, right? Because my mom had texted me. So, okay, I'm going to answer mom back on the text here. So I go and sit on the bench and I answer her back. After I'm done doing that. Because I'm not one of these walk and text people or staring at my phone while I'm walking. I hate that shit. So I fucking, I'm sitting there, I text her. Okay, put it in my pocket. I get up to go. A few stores down from this, there's, um, like down in the States, I think I'm trying to, what is it called now? Hot Topic. One of those types of stores. You know, they got all the t-shirts and blah, blah, blah. The Nirvana Metallica shirt, if that's what you want. All that sort of piercings and earrings and all that stuff. Oh, it's one of these stores. Okay. On the... My my rival here, old Costanza, who we're about to meet. Him, his wife, and his two teenage kids. They're about 13, 14-year-old looking two kids. They're standing on, like, the threshold of the store mall. They're right sort of, like, where the sliding doors would go when they're closing up. They're right on that, they're, that, like I said, on the, uh, right there. They're all, they're standing there, the four of them. I didn't really notice them. I'm not looking at them. But I'm looking directly over their head. On this, on a wall rack was a baby, like a onesie. And it was an ACDC onesie. Now, my friend is about to have a child. And he hates ACDC. And, and I'm an ACDC guy. So him and I have argued about this a bunch of times. So I'm looking at this ACDC baby onesie. And of course, my wheels are turning, right? Like, oh, I should get that. That would be funny. So I'm kind of looking at it. And as I'm looking at it, like I said, it's directly over their heads. And I haven't even... I I know they're there, but I'm not looking at them or whatever. I'm just... Whatever. I'm staring at this onesie. And I kind of give it the, ha! You know, you know, you kind of, ha! You know, toss your head back and kind of, ah, that's funny. Ah, you know, whatever. This is what I, I think. That's what I did. And I'm, th- and my only thing to start this whole thing, I guess, I don't know if he thought I was laughing at him or his family for some reason. I don't know why he would think that, but whatever. I don't know if that's what set him off. But anyway, I kind of, ha! You know, looking at the onesie. All of a sudden I get, Hey, what are you looking at? Like it's fucking great. Like we're fucking 12 years old, right? So I look down and now I'm looking at that family and I'm looking at him. And I swear to God, folks, the fucking guy was George Costanza, literally, but a fatter version of George Costanza, but he's about five foot six, thick glasses. He's kind of got a, like a fucking puffy jacket on cause it's winter here in Saskatoon. And, uh, and I'm kind of looking at him. And it's not really register like I hear him, but it's not registering. Because it was so odd and out of, like, out of left field. But he says it again. And I look, and now I'm looking at him, so I know he's saying it to me. But I'm kind of, uh, what? And I, But I'm waiting for him to, ah, I dare, what's happening? Like, do I know that? I'm looking, like, do I know this guy? Or do I work with him? Or do I work with his wife? Or do, you know, his kid? What? Like, what's going on? Do I know these? Like, I'm waiting for the punchline, right? And all of a sudden, he, he looks at me, and he, and he goes, uh, yeah, stop looking at my family. So now I know he's serious. And I'm like, I, and this is my response was, what? 
I go, what are you talking about? I said, I'm looking at the baby onesie on the wall. Uh, well, with this, he now storms towards me with a look of, like, fuck, he's going to do something. So I kind of fucking snap up, you know, so I kind of, like, square up a little. I don't put my hands up, but I'm like, okay, like, holy fuck. Like, this guy's going to go, really? So I kind of turn, like, well, I better get ready, I guess, if he's going to fucking go for it. But, again, as I said earlier, I'm not claiming to be Tony Twist. But I was not intimidated by this guy in the least. And I am not, I'm like 5'10", 5'11", probably 5'10 and a half. But I'm a fairly wide dude. And I'm not a small person. And I, like I said, I was not fucking intimidated by this. I would have, I was not scared of this person. But at the same time, I'm not going to all of a sudden just fucking charge him. I'm like, what is going... I'm more still in the, what the fuck is going on mode, right? But he's coming at me, so I'm like, okay. He stops about an arm's length, a little out of arm's reach from me. And he says it again, but he goes, yeah, stop looking at my fucking family. And I'm like, I go, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, no one's looking at your family. I'm looking, again... I said, again, I'm looking at the baby onesie. And I'm saying it just like this. I'm not yet. He's sort of with a raised voice a little bit. And I'm not raising my voice at all. I'm talking just like this. And I'm like, I'm looking at the baby onesie. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Relax. At this point, I don't know, sensing something. A store owner, and I don't want to say it was mall security, but it was somebody to do with the mall. It might have been a janitor. All of a sudden, they show up on the scene, and they're now in between us like the fucking linesman. Oh, hey, calm down, boys, the guy says. And I'm looking at the three of these fucking clowns now. Like, I'm looking around like, where's the camera? Like, this has got to be a fucking bit or something. Like, what are we talking about? Calm down. Like, I'm fine. I don't know what the fuck this guy's deal is. And the funny thing is, as I'm looking at I can look past him and his wife and his kids... They have no reaction to this at all. They're just standing there, like, with no look on their face. Now, which is a little disconcerting, because I know if my wife had been with me, if I had ever done that, if I had, if I had ever, if I ever did that to someone, she would look at me and go, what the fuck are you doing? You're an idiot. Get away from me, and I'm leaving. Is, is her? I know that would be her response, and that's what would happen. But this, it's like, oh, that's just dad being dad again, I, is the response I'm sort of getting from their body language and their lack of anything, which was a little odd. Okay, so now we got the linesman in between us. So, okay. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about incident? There's no incident. I said, I don't know what this guy's problem is. He's yelling at me about something. I said, I'm looking at this onesie in this store. And I now, as we're in, he's got two dudes between, and the one mall guy was, Kind of a bigger dude. Like, he was like six foot... He was tall, like six two, six three. Well, Costanza's like looking around and he's kind of like giving the... You know, what do you say, bro? Hey, bro? Like, like what? Like, And I'm serious. Oh, and that's the other thing, folks. This dude's probably... Like, I'm 43. This dude's older than I am. Like, this guy's like in his late 40s. For sure. Like... It was just bizarre, but he's acting like it's, he's literally at a drunk frat party. Like, you know, and I'm like, what? I said, what? Like, I'm looking at this guy. Okay. 
So the linesman here, the store guy goes, yeah, here, calm down. Uh, yeah, we know we just can't have this stuff going on in the mall, fellas. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm leaving. Well, no, before we go, I, I want to do an incident report. And I uh, just need you to come into the store. I'm going to get your name and, and we're going to write down a few things, you know, just to have it on paper. What the fuck are you people talking? I'm like, now, I'm like I said, I'm a calm dude, whatever. Now, the only thing that started irritating me is mall guy now starts like trying to like not grab me, but he's trying, he's touching me, trying to sort of guide me into his store, kind of pull me a little bit. And I'm like swatting at his hands a little, like pushing his hands away. And I'm like, don't fucking touch me, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, get off me. All of you get away from me, like back up. And I kind of, I don't want to say I shoved him, but I kind of pushed him a little bit and I backed up to give myself space between the three of us, you know, but or the three of them. And I'm like, stop touching me. Like, what are you doing? Like, get away from me. He was actually irritating me more than fucking Costanza. Because I could barely see Costanza between the other two guys. And he's like, yeah, calm down, sir. And I'm like, I am calm. I'm not yelling. I'm just telling you to stop touching me. I'm not filling out any paperwork. I have no complaint to file. I don't know what this guy's yelling about. Whatever. He can go on his way. I'm leaving down that end of the mall. Leave me alone. Everyone's to stop touching me. So I start to walk away. Okay, I've diffused the situation. <clears throat> what does fucking Costanza say to me? Yeah, walk away, bitch. Oh, really? Okay. <clears throat> now, so I stop and I turn around. And I just said, I looked at him. I go, fuck, seriously, buddy? I said, with two people between you, now all of a sudden you're fucking, you're talking shit like you're going to do something? And this is now when I got irritated. And I wasn't yelling. I was just talking like this. But I said to him. I said, buddy, I'll slap the fuck out of you and embarrass the shit out of you in front of your wife and two kids. So shut your fucking mouth and go home. You're an idiot. I don't know what your problem is, but go away. To which, after all of this, the wife decides to chime in. She gives, oh, classy in front of the kids. Nice language. This is what she gives me after her idiot husband has started this whole thing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, your fucking idiot... Oh, well, that's exactly what I said. Your fucking idiot husband starts this whole thing picking fights with strangers? What are you looking at? Are you serious? I said, well, what do we... What is this, high school? And I said, fuck it. Now, this is where I... I said, fucking clue in, you dumb bitch. I shouldn't have said that. But at this point, I'm fucking irritated. You know. Well, her, she didn't say anything, but her eyes got really big. Well, now Costanza... He's going to fucking try to plow through these two fucking, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, they're, and he's like, yeah, keep walking, bitch. Oh, fuck you. Oh, what? I'll, see, I'll see you in the parking lot, he gives me. I said, well, I'm out parked out by London Drugs. Yeah, come on over. You know, I'm just whatever. And I, I, now I continue to walk down the mall. But now all of a sudden I've noticed my surroundings. You know in the movies when the stranger rolls into the small town diner in the small town, he swings open the door and the music stops and everybody stares at the door? That's exactly what the mall felt like. It felt like every person that was in that goddamn mall was staring at me. And my face went beet red. I'm looking for phones, right? I'm like, oh yeah, wait, I'm going to get home on YouTube. It'll be oh, two fatties confront each other in the mall or something. I was waiting for that video to show up. But I was like, oh, God. And I pulled my hood up and, like, walk a shame back to the London drugs. It was, oh. 
sorry for the anti for the but anyway, I'm just sort of demonstrating. This was my uh, Christmas shopping experience. I had. What are you looking at? So no, so there was no fisticuffs. I, I when I went to my car in the parking lot, I was looking around. I didn't see Costanza. He uh, he managed to apparently you know he didn't show up in that area. So, uh, but how bizarre! What are you looking at? Like I literally have not heard that in like I haven't. Somebody hasn't said that to me, and I bet you in 35 years. You know, since maybe reading corner in grade three, you know, like, oh my God, it was just embarrassing. But yeah, to do that walk and it seemed like all the music, all the noise, everything was just silent as I'm walking and it felt like everyone was staring at us. It was just embarrassing. But so Costanza, if you're out there, grow up, man, because one of these times you because I have I have friends that I could tell you the moment you advanced on them. They would have knocked you the fuck out. So you're lucky it was me. And I was like a fucking calm about it and whatever. Because I can guarantee that motherfucker couldn't whip cream with an outboard motor. I can tell you that. So it, it was just an embarrassing fucking story. But actually as I'm sitting here I'm like embarrassed telling it. I wanted to tell the story but I'm embarrassed for myself again. <laughs> but anyway. So that was my brawl at the mall story. I guess I shouldn't. Yeah that was about as fucking as, as about as uh. But as exciting as the Ekblad Domi rematch, that was, yeah, everybody, bunch of, yeah, two fucking guys motherfucking each other and no, nobody doing anything. But yeah, what, bizarre, man. People are bizarre. But that's what I guess Christmas shopping does to some folks and, uh, yeah, it was a weird scene. But anyway, there's Darren's trip to the mall at Christmas. You know, fourth line voices, Christmas spectacular. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 